Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. My name is Pastor Nancy Cole, and we just returned from um, the church's trip to Israel. And I was telling the ones that were here uh, earlier, my lesson is more for a mature audience. And so I was hoping that maybe a brand new Christian wouldn't wander in because I really wanted to teach this lesson today. When we think of the Bible and Jewish culture and things, um, we probably know more about the Jewish culture than most Christians because of Pastor Larry's teaching. But there are so many hidden things, and I'm not talking about in the Bible. I'm talking about in the world. Now, how many of you remember Star Trek? That, okay, and you remember yeah, the, the blessing that he did? And that's Jewish. Can you imagine every little kid watching Star Trek and suddenly going, Mommy, Mommy, he's doing the, the blessing because he was a Jew. And there are things like that all throughout our culture that have to do with Israel. I know. I know. It's like, wow. So what we're going to talk about today is the priestly blessing. Now, in the Old Testament, um, God gave that blessing to the priests. And he said, I want you to bless my people. So it came from God. God is the one that said, this is how I want you to, what you, I want you to say to my people. And then the priests were the ones that repeated it. And the people... Um, when they came with for their first fruits offering and so forth, they wanted that blessing because they understood more than I think we do live today, the power of words and the power of a blessing. Now, there are books written about, you know, the blessing of a father and all this kind of stuff, um, and it's all true. But in the Jewish culture, it's extremely true. The words that a father says to their children um, elevates their life and the expectation they have of life. So all of those words are important. So we've known the priestly blessing for years, and I thought, you know, what, what more can you learn about it? Well, the reason I think that Pastor Larry loves studying the, the Jewish roots and, and the Bible is because they have been studying it for years. Um, the holiday, the two-day holiday that we just uh, closed after the counting of the Omar, it's a two-day holiday, and the tradition is that you st- stay up all night long studying Torah. I know. And there's certain readings that you do and certain things that you talk about. So just kind of in your mind, think about what would it have been like if when you were 12, that suddenly you were brought into a group of men who had been studying Torah for years, and they were getting ready to teach you. Now, while we were in Israel, we um, noticed a bar mitzvah. At first, we thought it was a wedding because it was very noisy. So we were in an area where pastor was teaching, and we started hearing these drums and singing and so forth. And it's like, okay, does he stop teaching? Because we were filming things both for Sunday today, but then also for Larry Hack Ministries. And it's like, no, let's just keep going because this is the sound of Israel. So they're coming down the steps. And in the middle is a 12-year-old boy. He's got his uh, tallit on. And he's got a dad and an uncle on either side of him and then two grandpas. And then there probably were about 30 people coming behind him, banging on drums and tambourines and shouting and blowing shofars. And then the women and the children followed after that, and they were screaming and yelling too. And so I'm looking at this, and it's like, huh, isn't there something similar to that for girls in the Hispanic culture? Yeah, does anybody know what that's called? 
Okay, I don't know how. I don't know what it's called. We are, I, my granddaughter is one, and she has one, but I don't know what it's called. Same thing. They're celebrating the fact that someone is reaching an age where they are moving from childhood to adulthood. So then I started looking at the families in Israel, and yes, I'm going to get to the blessing. <laughs> I started looking at the families in Israel, and this trip, most all of them in Jerusalem had multiple children. They, for a few years, were not having so many children, and now they're back to having at least three, sometimes five. And those children, um, boys or girls or whatever, the eldest, then responsible for the next one down and so forth, all the way down, but they're taking care of the kids. Now, I, I acknowledge we were staying, um, I was with Pastor and the team in, in an upscale hotel. So any Jewish family that was checking into that hotel for Shabbat obviously had some means, but they were all dressed up. I mean, the kids looked so cute. And um, so they kind of, some of them even had uh, same colors on. You know, like in our society, you'd have denim, and all your kids would be in denim or something. Well, they were all dressed up, and they were all polite. However, the children were allowed free reign in that hotel. On my floor, and I could, you can't hear them. I mean, they're built to where when you shut your door, nothing comes in. But on my floor, the children were running up and down in the hallway, chasing each other. They were playing hide-and-seek. Uh, in the lobby. This is the David Citadel, a very nice upscale hotel. And they're playing hide and seek in the lobby. The parents are just fine. They just let the kids play. So it's almost like every Friday night, it's an adventure with your friends or your relatives. Kind of like a family reunion from my perspective of what that might be like. So they're doing that. Um, They have no cream for their coffee. All of us Americans were kind of like, no cream, really, no cream? You had 2% milk and 3% milk after Shabbat had ended, but not even that. And most of them drank um, just like Turkish coffee, just a little tiny cup that they threw down, and it's like, where's the fun in that? Um, But anyway, the meal, of course, was different, and then the, the coffee and the cream was different, and then how the families moved was different. The fathers were the main ones that pushed the baby buggies. It wasn't the mama. It was the father. It wasn't even the grandma. It was the father. And the grandparents were esteemed uh, when they would check into the hotel for Shabbat and so forth. You know, when grandma and grandpa came down, you know, everybody said hello. The kids kissed them. And um, so there were multiple generations that were celebrating Shabbat. And they do that every Friday. Every Friday. I'd have a hard time with that, wouldn't I, Don? I, at this stage of my life, I'm not entertaining as much as I used to. So it's like every Friday they're going to come over. But we do have uh, families in our church that get together every single Friday. And it's multiple generations and all the, the kids come back. Um, and I've shared many times that Jimmy and Hava McClintock, McClintock when they were uh, with Pastor Larry working for the church, their kids who were teenagers at the time had to be home for dinner on Friday night. It didn't matter if they brought their friends with them. And one time I'm kind of looking around the table like, really, Alma, you brought these girls with you? Because they, weren't not, they were not Jewish, and they were getting ready to go out and party. But nonetheless, they were coming home to be with their mom and dad on Shabbat and to celebrate Shabbat. Now, she's happily married, has a daughter of her own, and turned out really well. So I'm rethinking it. It's like, maybe this is more important than what I thought. But to study the, chiefly, uh, the priestly blessing, and not just the blessing... But they dig and they've divided it up into three stages of life. 
And as I was studying that, it was like, you're kidding me. And once something is explained, then it seems really obvious. You know, so I'm reading it again. It's like, well, duh. But until I was studying it and reading what they were talking about, I had never even considered that. So it's on my phone. So I apologize for reading off of a phone. But if you want to follow along, um, we're going to be in Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. The sixth chapter. And it's going to start with the 23rd verse. Oh, I've got it highlighted. I have multiple Bibles, and this is the one that I have in the office, so I grabbed it. Um, I'm reading from Amplified, but I just kind of want to go through this, and then we'll take a look at the different words that the Jewish people use. And the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron and his sons. Now, that, those are the priests, Aaron and the sons. This is the way you shall bless the Israelites. Say to them. So that's the verse that says, this is God's blessing. This is God's blessing to us. But he's telling them how to say it. The Lord bless you and watch, guard, and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon and enlighten you. And be gracious, kind, merciful, and giving. Favor to you. The Lord lift up his unmoving continence upon you and give you peace, tranquility of heart, and life continuously. So there's three little verses there. And yet the Jewish people traveled a long distance in order to be at the temple in order to hear that blessing. They knew that those words had power. They understand words far more than than we do. The words had power, and so they wanted to be there for the blessing. So let me read you what... um, it says, but in this week's Torah study, God instructs the priests, this is how you shall bless the children of Israel. And then goes on to prescribe the priestly blessing, which to this day, the priests, the members of the priesthood tried, um, give to each other. May God bless you and protect you. May God cease, may God cause his countenance to shine upon you and give you grace. May God may raise his countenance towards you and grant you peace. Now, that's similar to what I read in the Amplified, but it has a very different meaning for the Jewish people. When the priests pronounced that blessings, they knew it was from God, and it represented three stages of life. Um, when you're little, you get your um, sense of protection from your parents. They guard you and protect you and help guide you what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. And so there's a protection piece. And so the Jewish teaching is that that first verse uh, that says, the Lord bless you and watch you, guard you and keep you, is the first stage of life. It's something that you need to have as a child. Now, being in the ministry, I realized that a lot of children had never had that kind of security as a child their upbringing was a bit more tumultuous. It was not exactly as God would have wanted. And it's like, well, does that mean that they're going to miss out on one-third of the blessing? No. When we do our Freedom Weekends, uh, many times we talk about childhood. And I've quoted Joan, Joan Porter, my friend in Portland, many times when she said, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Because uh, activities and things that happen to us as a child, they give us wounds, And because we don't have a mature way to look at something, we carry that wound as if it's true, and then we make life decisions based on the wound that came to us. Now, 
I think it's important here to say that Satan is so purposeful in making sure each one of us is wounded that it doesn't matter if you came from a horrible background and you're thinking, but I'm different. Because what Satan does is that even when you've got a good background, he'll allow something to happen to you that's not even that bad, that suddenly you're wounded and you have the same wound. So when we go through that part in the Freedom Weekend, it's, it's more than just looking at people who have been terribly abused, and I'm not minimizing that at all. But I am saying that Satan will try to emotionally hurt our spirit, our soul, so that we make different decisions as we're getting mature in life because we don't understand what to do with that emotion. So the first part is to say, okay, I want to bless you and protect you. So as you mature, even if you have one of those questionable childhoods, as an adult, you can receive this verse, and you can know that God's intention was to keep you whole. What Pastor Larry has shared with us that doesn't come from very many pulpits (laughs) is that he was told that perhaps Tiz... Pastor Tiz and Lion went through what they went through, and heavy on the through, that's what we're (laughs) going through, Um, in order for them to be able to show the way to someone else that gets that diagnosis or has that kind of tragedy. I do believe that each one of us have gone through something that God will use for us to help bring someone else through that. But first of all, we have to let it be healed. So that first part, I'm going to read it again. The Lord bless you and watch and guard you and keep you. That's the first season. Uh, let's see. Faults at all kinds of scams. Okay. I don't want to read the whole thing. Um, the three stages of blessings. Okay. First blessing. God. Okay. Okay. Now the next one is wealth. So once you're raised and once you're ready to be in life, then your focus is kind of like, I need to have a a job. I need to make some money. So that next verse (laughs) that says, um, the Lord make his face to shine upon and enlighten you and be gracious, kind, merciful, giving favor to you. And what the Jewish people teach about this is that you can't really be successful unless you have a little bit of charisma. If you're not, if you're not a likable person, it's really hard to make a fortune. Now, you can inherit it and, um, you know, be a taskmaster and keep money. But basically what God is saying is that, okay, bless me and help me be a better person. Help me be somebody that understands how to make money, not just for me, but how to make money so that I can be a blessing. Give me that likability factor so that when I'm out in the world, if they're making a decision between me and somebody else, for whatever reason, they choose me. So it's that season of adulthood, young adulthood, on how we're making money. So when, And I encourage you to go back and read these maybe every day for a week just to kind of get it in your spirit. It's like, okay, yeah, okay, give me favor, Heavenly Father. If there's going to be someone picked for that promotion, thank you that you're giving me favor. Now, the trick here, not anybody in this room because you're mature, but the trick here is that sometimes we tie our faith onto a happening. And if the happening doesn't happen, then we get mad at God. So the process here is to say, Lord, you protected me from something. I don't know what it was, but you protected me from something. So I know something better is coming. Now, the first time you hear that uh, from the pulpit, it sounds a little bit Pollyanna-ish, but I can promise you it's the truth. When we flew from Dallas 
to Istanbul. That was the longest leg of the flight to Israel, and that was 11 hours. <laughs> and we were ready to catch a shorter flight to go from Istanbul into Tel Aviv, because the only airport in Israel is in Tel Aviv. It was a bit confusing. Confusing. Um, we got off the flight, and John Wilson had ordered, um, they call them buggies. Pastor always says, let's not call it a buggy, let's call it a golf cart. Um, they'd ordered buggies, so uh, when Pastor Ed and Cheryl and I, and I came off the flight, there was a lady there holding a sign that says, Pastor Nancy Cole, Pastor Ed Redmond, Pastor Cheryl Redmond. And they put us, our luggage, and then us on this, looks like a big golf cart, and drove us a long way, a long way. <laughs> and uh, we had entrance to a VIP lounge, and I'm thinking, oh, John, thank you so much. Because at first I thought it was kind of an expenditure that maybe the church didn't need to, to pay. And it was like, no, 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 thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So as we're pulling in, um, the lady says, do you want to go to the hotel, or uh, do you want to go to the VIP lounge? Now, I know nothing. So I just go, well, the VIP lounge. And she said, okay, I'll be back to get you at 630. And I'm looking at my watch, which is always kind of challenging when you're changing time zones, and it's like 6.30. It's already past 6.30. So I go to the desk. I say, excuse me, uh, they said they'd be back to pick us up for our connecting flight at 6.30. Uh, it's, it's past 6.30. When, when is she coming back? She means 6.30 tomorrow morning. It's like, tomorrow morning, what, what happened to our flight? Oh, your flight's been canceled. Now, that would have been really good to know when I landed so that I could help, because Pastor Wanderson... Bless his heart. Um, Pastor Wanderson and Pabliana were with the entire crew. And as they were trying to figure out where the heck I was uh, and learning themselves that the flight had been canceled, they ended up spending the night in the lounge waiting for the flight. Now, I've been around long enough that I know, okay, if this is canceled, there's got to be something good coming out of it. There's got to be a reason. Number one, Netanyahu was in the process of, or Bibi, uh, whatever. Thank you, yes. He was in the process of doing a ceasefire negotiation. And at that time, there were still rockets in the air. Hello. So we were canceled because it wasn't safe. But nobody said that. There's some things that you just don't share. But I knew my confession had to continue to be positive. So I wasn't complaining. It was like, thank you, Lord, whatever it is that you're keeping us safe from, thank you very much for that. And that's kind of that season, you know, the second blessing. It's like suddenly you kind of know where you are and you know who you are and you know who your God is and you can speak and stay on the right pathway so that you're not complaining. Um, I was sharing with Pastor and Tiz and Anna. Actually, it was just Pastor Tiz and Anna. <laughs> Some of Dawn's in my history. And uh, I think I've shared with all of you when, when he finally came to church and it was that creepy evangelist. I mean, you know, it was a very quiet, boring church, but a good church, good church. And he was the screamer and the yeller and the runner and the spitter. And I'm in, in my chair and Don's on this side of me, so I can't see him. And it's like, why, God, after, catch this, after I hit him here, you do that to me. First of all, I didn't get Don there. God did. It had nothing to do with me. I had to obey God so that I didn't delay his coming, but nonetheless, God got in there. And second, God knew exactly what Don needed to hear. The rest of the church, we had our bangs blown back, and it was like, who has this guy here? But for Don, it was a message that went straight into his heart. And so I said to Tiz, you know, now at this season of life, I can look back and go, I wonder how quicker 
things would have changed for Don and I if I had been there praying and saying, Lord, thank you for getting him here today. And I don't understand that preacher, but I know that you handpicked him because that's maturity in the Lord. That's your ability to look at whatever is going on and say, that's you, God. I trust you. I will obey you. And then not complain. Which leads us to the third verse, the third blessing. And probably this one resonates with Don and I more than anything else because it's a season that we're in. (laughs) The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. They say that that third blessing are for people who have already had their family and have launched their families and have grandchildren, and God's giving them peace. He's saying, job well done. You're at a season where you can now contribute. You're at a season where I will give you the peace that passes all understanding because we have been through things together God and I, (laughs) so that I know I can count on him, and I know that whatever happens is for my good, and so we have a peace that we can go through life and say, yeah, it's been a good life. Thank you, Lord. So those are the three seasons from that chiefly blessing. And as you read it, whatever version you choose to read it, it, it'll be fine, because the, the Spirit of God connects with your spirit when you're reading the Scriptures, especially if you read it out loud. And then you'll be able to kind of understand what season of life you're in or what season of life you've just come through and thank Him for protecting you. My childhood was like Disneyland. I mean, there was nothing that happened that wasn't magnificent. And yet there were circumstances around me that caused wounds. And I'm sure if I could go back you know, as an adult and talk to me as a child, it would like, oh, get over yourself, girlfriend. I'd be saying things like that because it's like, this is so minute. But nonetheless, a three-year-old, a six-year-old took something in that didn't belong. Not because Satan's out to kill us, but because he does see our tendencies as we're born. And he goes, I got to stop that gift right now. I got to make sure that Even when God comes in, they already have that hidden agenda that keeps them from stepping into the call that God has on their life. I'm not saying anything out of school because Joan Porter talks about this in great length whenever she has an opportunity, but her childhood was horrible. She had an abusive daddy um, who drank a lot and um, uh, abused her. And when she talks about it's never too late to have a happy childhood... God brought back memories to her of really sweet times with her dad when he wasn't drinking. Sweet times when he would come home from work, and she would run to meet him, and he would scoop her up, and he always saved part of a cookie that he'd taken for lunch and would share that cookie with her. And so God allowed her to put the horribleness of her childhood aside and see some good things, and then as a mature woman, look at that and realize that it wasn't her dad and then see some other adults in her life who contributed to the terror that he was going through. For her, she said it allowed her to forgive her daddy and forgive her mother for not protecting her and to say, I was blessed. Um, They had a neighbor who would take them to church. Mom and dad didn't go, but the neighbor did. And Joni remembers walking into church and feeling just happy and safe and whole. And every time the church was open, she said, even on Wednesday nights when there was, you know, no child care, we would be there. 
uh, her older brother and her older sister and Joni. She said, my brother would drag us all there. We would just be sitting in the pew because there was nice people there. And so she's able to look at those things and say, thank you, God, that you gave me those pieces to where I could have a happy childhood. I have gone through my childhood and, and, you know, been embarrassed at what hurt my feelings. But I don't know, you know, where you come from or what happened to you when you were growing up. But in order to take full advantage of that first priestly blessing, just, just go back and say, Lord, you brought me through. And I survived some things so that I can walk alongside other people. When... Um, Don and I got married, we realized that there were part of um, my history that I needed to have gone through in order to help other women when I counsel women. And going through, it wasn't so happy. But being here and realizing, okay, who do you need to forgive? What do you need to be accepting about your part of it or none of it? And how do you get past that? How do you allow the Holy Spirit to come in and heal all of that so that you can have a decent life? So that's what I went through, and that's why I can have a ministry to women to understand. Yeah, I I get it. I get it. With Don and I now at this stage of life, on that third blessing, we look at each other and say, thank you, Lord, for where we are. Thank you for the godly people who are around us. Um, There's no one that's blood, but yet we're all blood-bought. And it's a sweet group to where we can feel the presence, the support, the love, and we in turn can help parent, grandparent, other people around us. So looking at that different way of looking at the priestly blessing, I don't know what stage of life you're in today, but go back and read that and just let the words just resonate inside of you that God had a plan for each one of us being born. God has a purpose for the things that he allowed to happen so that we have a ministry He has a reward before we go home to heaven where there's a a peace that passes understanding. There's a joy that comes. There's delight in little things. Much of the pictures that I took in Israel were not my usual subject matter. They were flowers. (laughs) Um, I am a gardener. However, in Israel, I don't think I've ever taken so many pictures of flowers. But it's like you'd, you'd round a corner and here coming out of this old stony pathway is a little tiny green shoot and a little little flower. And it was just like God saying, I'm here. I'm bringing beauty into your life. Now, there have been times when I've just marched right over it. Hopefully, I didn't step on any flowers that God planted for me. But I, I'm in a season where I, I look around more and say, thank you. I'm at a season where I say, wow, one of the vegetables I can eat based on the medication that I am on are beets. And right now in Israel, beets are in season. And there was beets, baked beets, sliced beets, pickled beets, beet salad. More beets than I've seen here locally. And I'm thanking the Lord. Thank you that I've got so many options and I'm eating all the beets. Look for ways that God is blessing you. It's just like what a child that says, you know, thank you, mommy. You're more apt to give them something else. And I don't say thank you to God to get something else, but I want to acknowledge what he's doing to help me along the way. I had a harder time adjusting to the time change this time than any of the other eight times I've been to Israel. And as I'm praying, it's like, okay, Lord, i got to be together here. I'm going to be in church on Sunday. you got to help me here. <clears throat> I listened to God. And he just said, you're tired around 6 o'clock, so take a nap. 
I'm not a nap person. So that was nothing that would be in, in my brain, a nap. Okay, so last night I took a nap, got up, and then stayed up until 9 o'clock, because I get up at 5, and that would give me 8 hours sleep, then went back to bed. By golly, it worked. <laughs> so now it's like, wow. It's kind of like, remember when I shared with you about the fast at the beginning of the year that I went on, and how fasts have always been hard for me, and finally this year I said, Lord, how, what, what kind of fast do you want me to be on? And I went through a list of what I could eat or not eat. And the fast was so easy because it was all stuff that I had in the house, things that I like to eat. And it was like, this is the fast that you've picked for me? I can do this easy. How long? And he goes, I don't know yet. I thought, okay, I'll stay on this for as long as you want me to. It's like, why didn't I ask him before? Why have I suffered through fasts trying to find the best one, the most godly one? Sometimes I'd even go the hardest one. And isn't that a bunk? Anyway, ask God. I mean, all of us are in a season where we're past the, you know, the family that's taking care of us. We're in the season where we're almost ready to go into huh, peaceful. But ask God what he wants to do. And I promise you it won't be as hard as what you think. And just because Susie Q has to do something, that's not what God's going to ask you to do. And just because somebody else does something and talks about it, don't feel less than. Because obedience, obedience is what the Lord is looking for. If all he asks you to do is give up coffee, and you're looking at a sister who just had a complete water fast and lost 32 pounds, <laughs> and it's like, all I did was give up coffee. No, step into it. Thank you, Father, that you give me, gave me something easy for me to do this time. Thank you, Father. Be with my brothers and sisters who, who have a harder road right now. Give them grace. Give them, pray those kind of things, and then enjoy the fact that you're not on such a hard one, because I promise you, you'll, it'll be easy. Now, You're all familiar with the priestly blessing. You've all probably read those verses. But now you have a different way to anchor them in your life. What it really means. How to take what God says in his word. How he wants to bless us. And then own it. Just like you're chewing on it and swallowing it. So that the season of life you're in, you can go, thank you, Lord. I I believe it and I receive it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, first of all, thank you for bringing us back home safely from Israel. Lord, with all the things that were going on, there was never, never a time when any of us on the tour were in danger. Thank you for your favor and your protection. Thank you, Father, for this church, these incredible people who are serving you, loving you, and loving each other. Thank you, Father, that you're giving us a spirit of grace so that we don't don't take offense when things happen because we know they're going to happen. But we do realize, Father, that even sometimes when we look at circumstances and think that it's, it's not right, that behind the scenes, you are protecting us. Whether it be a flight that's been canceled because there are missiles being shot, or whether it's a red light that shows up that you normally have a green light to go through. Realize that God allowed that to keep you from something. I thank you for everyone who's here this morning, Heavenly Father, and the ones that will be listening to the podcast later on. Let my words, Father, represent your heart so that they can be renewed, refreshed, restored, and walk out of here this morning with the joy of the Lord as their strength. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you.